Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Kristen Goodman. I'm Sarah Goodman. And we're Showbiz Siblings. Siblings. We live in New York City. We're both queer. And we love musical theater. This is our podcast. episode we are talking about Victor Victoria. Yeah. Victor Victoria opened on Broadway on October 25th in 1995 and it is based on the 1982 film also starring Julie Andrews. I didn't say Julie that. Julie right. Andrews. I mean it's a given right you hear Victor <laughs> also Victoria. Also starring Julie Andrews. <laughs> you assume Julie Andrews. It's always. Dame Julie Andrews. Always starring Dame Julie Andrews, <laughs> except for that time that it was Liza Minnelli. But um, this we'll time, we'll this time it was Julie Andrews, Dame Julie Andrews, one of our fave, fave, uh, faves. Legend. Legend. Broadway Disney legend, legend. Actual like Disney legend. Disney legend, Broadway legend, Academy Award winning legend, film legend, recording artist legend. Amazing. So many kinds of legends I over here. She's a, she's a writer. She wrote a book series. She can do it all. She does it all. She does it all. So Victor Victoria opens in 1995. It's based on the 1982 film, which actually was based on a 1933 German film. So the story goes way back, sort of similar to Lakash, where it was mm-hmm. like a foreign film and then adapted for from a play for a play or, to mm-hmm. a musical to this to that. Yeah. Um. So this story is kind of funny. It's fun. It is set in the 20s 30s presumably they don't really say exactly do they i don't think so it's not like a war scene though so and we're in europe so it's probably 20s right yeah like post sure. post world jazzy war one. age it's a jazz age that's right we're doing mm-hmm. a lot of there is a lot of like flapper kind of mm-hmm. stuff so yeah i think 20s um victoria grant is an opera singer down on her luck in paris she doesn't have a place to stay she doesn't have a job she tries to get a job singing at a nightclub and her audition doesn't get her the job. and But it does gain the attention of this guy, Carol Todd, a.k.a. Toddy. And they meet at the club. And Toddy sort of feels bad for Victoria. And um, they part ways briefly. They, he gets fired from the club. It's this whole thing. They find each other on the street in the rain. And he's like, do you have a place to stay? And she doesn't. So he invites her to stay at his apartment. And gives her some of his ex-boyfriend's pajamas to put on. <laughs> yeah. She's wearing them. They're becoming besties right away. You know, it's like the mm-hmm. gay guy and his and his best girl, straight girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, they're having a cute time. Surprise, 
the boyfriend comes in. Oh. And he sees Julie Andrews in the pajamas. She threw a fedora on her head. He thinks she's a man, right? I mean, that's <laughs> ridiculous. But sure, we'll go with it. Um, she punches him in the face because he calls Toddy the F slur. It's a whole thing. Um, but it sparks an idea, Toddy says. Mm. What if you pretend to be a man who's a female impersonator? And she's like, what? That's crazy. And he's like, no, go with me. This is a great idea. And she's like, you know what? I got nothing to lose. Right. So she's like, I'm stranded. It. I'm broke. Why yeah. Not? This guy's helping me. He knows. A, he's like, I know a guy. His name is Andre Cassell. He'll make your career. Like, let's do this. So he cuts her hair. And he's like, we're going to go audition for Andre the next day. So they dress Victoria up like a man in a suit with a hat. They give, they give her a terrible backstory that makes no sense <laughs> yeah that she's like some polish aristocrat but was schooled in england that's why victor has an accent it's all very flimsy but yeah. victor gets a job andre cassell is thrilled and suddenly victor is the toast of the town the whole victor victoria show is like it's a hit it's a hit it's extravagant it's incredible people can't get enough and suddenly it's these giant production numbers. And so the first one is Lay Jazz Hot, Ugh. which is so iconic. It's incredible. We'll go back and talk about the details of that number in Toft. But yeah. that number um, gets her the attention of this mob kind of guy, businessman, rich guy from Chicago with this sort of like goofy, dumb, blonde <laughs> girlfriend who's very hot. Mm -hmm. um, and, and horny. And horny. She's so mm -hmm. horny. Um, and King, Marshawn is the guy's name, mm -hmm. he is immediately attracted to Victoria and is disturbed by this because he has gay panic mm -hmm. and he's homophobic. And so a bunch of chaos and farcical fun ensues because um, King is like, I got to get to the bottom of this. There's no way I'm in love with a man, which is kind of a problematic storyline. Um, but... Essentially, he decides they're going to stay in Paris and figure this out. Right. So they get a hotel room, coincidentally, next to where Victoria and Toddy are staying. Well, so then um, there's like all these funny scenes where they're sneaking in and out of each other's apartments and listening to each other through the door and all this silly stuff happens and... There's a ridiculous, silly, happy ending that kind of comes out of nowhere. And that's pretty much the whole plot. I mean, did I miss anything? I, I don't mean, know. we won't like spoil it all. But yeah, I, I think that really that sums it up quite nicely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's basically the base of it. Um, so we watched uh, the Broadway production at yeah. Toft. Um, one of our favorite places in New York. You want to tell our listeners a little bit about Toft if they have if they're just joining us for the first time? Yeah. So if you don't know about Toft, it's the theater on film and tape collection at the library at Lincoln Center. It's the public library, library for performing arts, and they have all of these different amazing collections. One of them is a recording of basically every Broadway show or yeah. off-Broadway show mm -hmm. or some regional shows that you can think of for the last several decades. Yeah. And it's incredible. And you can just go and watch them. So For free. For free. You just need a special collections card. If you want to figure out more info about how to do that, it's very simple. But you can go on our TikTok and Sarah did a whole video about like how to do that it's super simple yeah it's really easy it's really fun it's so much fun to watch these old shows 
Um, you can even watch new, so- new shows on the website. They post updates all the time. They just put like four or five shows up from last season that that were just on Broadway months ago. Right. So it's so pretty it's cool. A, it's a really amazing, accessible way to see all of this incredible theater content. And so anyway, we watched us, you know, as you just said, Sarah, the um, opening night of the Broadway show, right? It was yeah, like... Yeah, they filmed opening night. They had like even like some red carpet <laughs> moments with celebs who were in the audience. <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> Rudy saw... Rudy Giuliani Rudy Giuliani. Oh. I think he was the current mayor, or maybe he was. Yeah, he was probably. Yeah, he was definitely still the mayor then, because he was the mayor all the way through nine eleven. So he was. Yeah, was he already he was, mayor in ninety five? I guess he. Been, I right? guess probably he would have been. He was a couple terms, right? But yeah, that was so funny to see him. Like, yeah, whoops, looking a lot less crazy back in the nineties. Yeah, sort of looked reasonably and like, normal. Liza was on the red carpet. And yeah, I think um, Barbara people. Walters might have been one of the people. There were a lot of famous people in the audience. Yeah. So anyway. Cool. Broadway show. Tell us who uh, who was in the creative team of the Broadway yeah. version. So Blake Edwards wrote the book, directed the show, and produced the show, and also was um, the director on the movie. And so this was really his baby, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's, is that Julie Andrews' husband, husband at the yes. time, right? Yeah. Yeah, this was like his whole project, his baby, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the music is by Henry Mancini and Leslie Brickus, which, what a duo. Oh, my God. I love Henry Mancini. Such classic. Me too. Beautiful music. So many iconic scores of films. Yeah. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm. um, Pink Panther. Yeah. Like, just some really cool, very, like, culturally iconic Yeah, all those strings. I just think of, like, Mm -hmm. the, the way Mancini's strings sound. Yeah. And it was choreographed by Rob Marshall and assisted by his sister, Kathleen Marshall. Oh, interesting. What a fun duo. Oh, and Rob Marshall's choreo is phenomenal. So good. Phenomenal. So, so good. I mean, I love a lot of Rob Marshall's work. Yeah, me too. But this show especially, I really loved. Um, Scenic design was Robin Wagner. Huge props to Robin Wagner. Oh, my God. This (laughs) This production. It was one of the most beautiful sets sets I've ever seen. They were so beautiful. Yeah. And so, like, intricate. I just the have hotel to, rooms. the hotel, I have to say right now and pause this list of all the creatives to yeah. just say how incredible the hotel set was because they start on the exterior of the hotel, which spins onto the stage, like it rotates on and you're on the exterior of the hotel and then it cracks open in the center and unfolds like a giant dollhouse. Oh, it was so gorgeous. And then they can be all in the, the inside of it. It was it's amazing and all the doors in and out and like the inside of the clubs and the sets for the show Woo! oh spare no expense that they spent a lot of money on that set and it was well spent it was gorgeous this had to have been one of the most expensive shows on broadway that year absolutely and maybe ever leading up to that point (laughs) maybe um costume design also incredible willa kim willa Willa kim Kim. iconic wow and also kind of cool the first time we went to toft in starting this podcast there was an incredible exhibit of willa kim's costumes oh right do you remember that oh that is so cool and i believe there is a coffee table book at the library that you can get all about Willa Kim's costumes because, wow. Amazing. Incredible yeah. design career. Um, lighting by Jules Fisher. Mm-hmm. Sound design, Peter Fitzgerald. Great. 
Um, yeah, and I mentioned already that Kathleen Marshall was the creative associate for Rob Marshall, which is so kind of cool. cool. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Little siblings. We love a sibling duo. Oh, and there was a co-lighting designer, Peggy Eisenhower. Let's not forget Peggy. Peggy. She was probably doing the most of the Peggy and work. Jules. Well, yeah, and I think <laughs> Jules Fisher was working on another show that we did this series because I that name is so familiar. Yeah. So, 95. So, technically, this show, I believe, opened before Rent, and so we're doing them slightly out of order. Right, right. But they were in the same Tony Awards season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're um, since this show debuted later in 95 um it ended up you know being batched in with the other shows in 96 as well Mm -hmm. anyway yeah 95 the mid 90s you know this is oh jules fisher did the original lighting design for lacage oh i'm sorry i just had to pull i had to figure that out yeah because i know i said his name on the on the series again okay so go back to your context i'm sorry (laughs) it's okay (laughs) um yeah, so so we love to give a little historical context here in the queer series just to kind of like get us in this mindset of what's going on with like politics and culture. So this is this is three years before Will and Grace mm. debuted. Mm-hmm. This is still two years before Ellen's coming out episode. Um, Bill, Bill Clinton is president, of course. This is that whole era of like the Defense of Marriage Act and Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. you know, some not so great things happening for the LGBTQ community. But then there was also stuff like Romer versus Evans, which was a Supreme Court case which ruled that states may not forbid cities from passing laws that outlaw discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. Mm. So apparently, like, Colorado was trying, a a city in Colorado was trying to... It's always Colorado. (laughs) God damn it. Like the cake guy and the website lady. It's Colorado. It's a lot of mega churches there. You're right. right. Thankfully, (laughs) Sarah and I were born in Colorado, and I have a lot of, you know, good memories about Colorado. Some of my loved ones and family and friends live there, you know, like... We love Colorado, but it's also so many so problematic, conservative. conservative yeah. I mean, it's focused on the family. Yeah. It's, it's just so ironic because it's also so like hippy dippy, like progressives, but also yeah. really conservative. It's very much like California in that way, like Southern California. Yeah. There's just like a pocket of Colorado down there near Colorado Springs. All right. So what was the, what were these Coloradoans up to? Hey, you know, they were just being Coloradoans. <laughs> and you know what? The Supreme Court went all the way to the Supreme Court and they were like, guess what? Colorado, you don't get to outlaw being gay. Good. Yeah. Um, Mid 90s, you know, on the pop charts, it's all my girls Mariah Carey, mm-hmm. Brandy, Celine Dion, Tony Braxton, Mary yeah. J. Blige, Janet Jackson, TLC. Woo. Um, Alanis Morissette debuted. You know, like, the radio right was that. lit then. Yeah. Jewel, <laughs> Tracy Chapman, Melissa Etheridge, Natalie Merchant. I mean, these are my my gals yeah okay this is like this is the music that made me (laughs) um yeah and you know we mentioned this in the broad or in the rent episode but the other broadway shows that were running around that time or that opened you know a couple months later big bringing the noise bringing the funk state fair rent of course um yeah so this was an interesting year at the Tonys, mm-hmm. right? Because this show, Victor Victoria, only received one Tony nomination, and it was just robbed to Julie Andrews for Best Leading Actress in a Musical. Mm-hmm. 
And she, in a first for, you know, like she declined the Mm -hmm. nomination and said the show was snubbed and she was standing in solidarity with the cast and crew. Mm -hmm. And it was, it like totally made waves at the Tonys and she didn't perform at the Tonys. And, you know, some people said that that year, like the Tonys were kind of lame because they didn't really Mm -hmm. have any big stars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nobody knew the people from Rent yet. Right. So even though that was kind of exciting, people were like, "Okay, like, cool. What's these that? Kids? You know? These look. These look energetic, kids. <laughs> oh, that show looks special, spunky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and truly, like the design team was fucking robbed because 100%. that was one of the most beautiful sets Seriously. I've ever seen in my life. It was like a film. It was just every single bit was built out. It was extravagant. It was beautiful. It put you in the mood. It it made it feel real. Yeah. It was so good. It was so beautiful. Costumes were so beautiful. The set was so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, costumes. And I, the music, I think, is great. It deserves beautiful a nomination. Yeah, yeah, totally. I understand maybe it's not quite good enough to be up for best musical. Sure. Sure. I but think best choreo and I don't Rob even, Marshall? I Come don't, on. Yeah, seriously. I don't even think Julie Andrews was even saying it deserved a best musical nomination. She was just saying it deserved more than just her. Yeah. I think like, she understood that yeah. the creative team and had really gone above and beyond in so many of those departments. It was a beautiful show. And in a way, do you think that she was sort of in her very polite British dame julie andrews kind of way do you think she was basically being like fuck you this is homophobic (laughs) i don't know maybe do you think it was homophobic rent received a lot of awards and it was also pretty notably gay i think it'd probably be more sexist than anything or sometimes broadway gets its panties in a wad about movie stars coming in even if they have broadway credit and like right i don't know yeah, because even though Julie Andrews had been in other shows and on Broadway and had been nominated for Tonys before, she has never won a Tony and never had a chance to ever again. She should have an EGOT. What are we talking she about She totally here? should. <laughs> but yeah, apparently she said, this is a quote from her about it. She said, I have searched my conscience and my heart and find that I cannot accept this nomination. And she further stated that she would stand instead with the egregiously overlooked cast and crew. She and Rachel mm-hmm. York both won Drama Desk Awards. Mm-hmm. She did She did go ahead and like, receive that award along with Rachel York, who is of incredible. Love Rachel also York. Totally deserving. Oh, I didn't say who the cast was, but I'll do that in a minute. Um, yeah, so just what I said before about how like this was her last chance to um, win a Tony mm-hmm. because she never really sang much ever again. Well, she had that horrible throat surgery that right. botched her vocal it got totally cords. botched she like yeah. sued the surgeon and won yeah. 20 million dollars because he totally botched her surgery and she didn't have a singing voice anymore she yeah, like refused so to sing in public ever again and i think she's done a couple like concerts here and there but they were more what she described as like speak singing mm-hmm. and she does a lot of like narration and acting work still yeah but she doesn't sing anymore it's really and it's just so tragic yeah. that like this was the show that was her last probably ever on Broadway and she very uh, nobly declined the Tony. Bring Julie back to Broadway. Ugh. Just let her sit there and talk. Seriously. You know, I'd Ooh, go to maybe, see it. maybe she'll be in a play. That would be cool. Ooh, yeah, maybe she'll get a Tony cool. for 
be in on on Broadway for a play. Yeah, there we cool. go. I like that. Archive afternoon. Yeah, so tell us who else was in it besides, of course, our fave Julie Andrews and Rachel York, who I just mentioned. Yes, so Julie Andrews is, of course, the lead. Victor and Victoria um, playing Carol Todd was Tony Roberts. And in the film was Robert Preston. And the film is so good. Check out the movie if you haven't seen it. It's great. Um, yeah. Rachel York plays the mob guy's girlfriend. <laughs> She's so funny. <laughs> She's so, so funny. And um, King Marchand, the, the mob guy, is played by Michael Norrie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had only ever seen the movie. You know, I never saw this version um, I know you, you had a copy of this actual recording that we saw. I had this talked, exact right? recording. Yeah. Growing up, um, or, you know, our parents had it and I watched it so many times, <laughs> so many times. And, you know, when we were watching it again at Toft, I was thinking, um, I've said publicly and to friends hundreds of times that the L word made me gay. Mm-hmm. But I think the tango scene in Victor Victoria oh might have made me gay. Because, wow, I don't think I clocked how much like hot queer innuendo there is with julie andrews and rachel york like oh my god i know i was thinking how if there ever was going to be a dream revival of this i would want (laughs) the twist at the end of the story to be that the victoria character ends up with um with the girlfriend the girlfriend i love that idea that's so and they do a show together because she's got her own show back in chicago wouldn't that be so fun i would love that i love that (laughs) okay dream revival this is what i'm thinking this is this Mm -hmm. is my off the cuff casting okay victor victoria is kate baldwin (gasps) oh what right omg Yes. Toddy is Sean Hayes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Love it. Love it. The girlfriend. Wait, what's her name? <laughs> Norma, Norma is the girlfriend. Of course, her name's Jackie Norma. Burns. Okay. Yes. All absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And King Marshawn. Someone like Joshua Henry, maybe. Ooh, yeah, sure. Yeah. King doesn't really get a song, though, does he? He gets a gay panic song. Oh, we really want Josh Henry, Joshua Henry <laughs> no, singing a gay no, panic we song. Don't. No, we don't. So we got to rewrite no. all of that. I think it should be written. I feel like we got to rewrite that whole thing. He doesn't get the, I don't feel like King gets to have the satisfaction that like Victoria wants to be with him. I think, I think you were right. She's a lady, but she doesn't want to be with you. You're right. a fucking homophobe. Yeah, get out of here. You suck. I'm going to be with your girlfriend She's instead. She's going to go with the girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> i love that we had a moment on the tango mm-hmm. uh in the tango and we're in love no <laughs> i don't know yeah man. there's a tango scene where king basically challenges victor to dance with norma to prove that he's a <laughs> man right. he does it to himself <laughs> you know that's how and stupid that victor kind of guy is. slays on the dance floor and gets all sexy with norma and Seriously. it's like the hottest little dance ever and he doesn't prove anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of silly. <laughs> it's actually very silly. It's a, it's an absolutely ridiculous plot. But the music is so good. The cast was so great. The dancing. The dancing. Okay, let's talk about La Jazz Hot. Ugh. So I love La Jazz Hot. I performed that song mm-hmm. years ago at this funny show we did 
at this lesbian bar in St. Louis called Novax. I worked at Novax off and on for like six years. It it was a total fixture in the community for like, you know, many, like 15 to 20 years. And we would do these big shows with people who worked there and like regulars and stuff. And they were like huge productions of mm-hmm. huge variety shows just in this like pub, you know, <laughs> we were just like the football games going on in the back room and people are playing pool. But up front, we're doing a You're whole doing musical a Broadway show. Yeah. And we did this show called Over the Rainbow. And one of the big acts in this variety show was I sang and performed La Jazz Hot with four, I believe, four backup dancers who were like my good <laughs> friends and like uh. <laughs> my soon to be girlfriend. And like, yeah, so it was just hilarious. And we like they wore like black and white like, you know, like black pants, white shirt, black vests and mm-hmm. like fedoras or top hats or something. And I wore um, this dress I had borrowed from a drag queen. And it was this like sequined tube dress that was shaped like the front of the de- design was like big piano keys. I love that. So I just like, like a big piano tube dress. And I made a little like art deco looking headdress thing mm-hmm. and like slicked my hair back. I love it. And it was so fun and we killed it in my, I don't, I haven't watched it. I think there's a a DVD of it and I haven't, I haven't watched it in years, but in my head, we slayed the house down boots. Is that what the kids say? (laughs) I think so. We did that. Yeah. It was great. This song is incredible. And in the Broadway version, holy crap. Oh my God. They wheeled her out on a giant (laughs) acrylic piano, like a light up acrylic piano. I was like, damn, that's where this budget went. Cause holy crap. Yeah. The set and the, the all of the extravagance and that the choreo in La Jazz Hot is so good. Yeah. So, so good. This like very tight. It's got all these like really tight kind of like flapper hand movements that are like on this perfect little like what are that's what's that little mini symbol called that's like <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's not a hi hat, but it's like a little tiny <laughs> Yeah, it's like know. a toy symbol almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It had a lot of like accents mm-hmm. on that, like, and a lot of like kicks on drum hits, which I love. And I think we grew up with that for sure. Oh, like, 100%. Our stepdad was telling us when we were recording our conversations about the theater where they worked when we were kids, um, our stepdad was a choreographer at this theater and would always work with the drummer of the band to like put in hits that would match what the dancers are doing. So yeah. that when they kick, it's like, bah, you right, know, and, right. and uh, they really nailed that they did. in this show because yeah. all the hits were so tight with the drums. It was awesome. That's one of my favorite things about musical theater is when a big production number is totally in sync with the awesome mm-hmm. band. Like, I just feel like there's nothing else like that. I guess like a really yeah. amazing choreographer choreo at a concert, like a Beyonce concert is like Yeah, that. yeah, but, or like Janet Jackson or yeah, something. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I love, I love La Jazz Hot. And at the end of that song, Julie Andrews does this very iconic like vocal scoop where she starts in a really low note and slides all the way up to a super high note. Yeah. Which is always kind of fun. It is fun. Because it's, they, the the audience just loves the high notes. They are yeah. just blown away. 
Yeah. But I laugh every time she pulls the wig off to reveal the short hair. And I'm just like, that's Julie Andrews' haircut. <laughs> right. It's She's had that hair. haircut for decades. She looked like that in Sound of Music. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's Maria. She just put on pants. That's Maria. <laughs> she made that outfit out of the curtains. <laughs> Uh, oh ah, yeah so funny (laughs) there was so much kissing in it too i didn't Mm -hmm. i don't think i was ready for all of of that like hetero kissing kissing all the time yeah it's like a lot of of kissing well and the love story with king and victor is kind of it's a little whatever i'm not invested in their relationship no at all really i don't care I care a lot more about Norma, who's hilarious. She's so great. She sings the song, Paris Makes Me Horny, which is <laughs> yeah. one of the funniest things in the world. And she's just, I don't know, there's just, she's just so good at being that pure, like, dumb blonde, sassy, horny girl character that I just love. Like, there's, it's sort of a trope that's common in musical theater. There's, like... The the fiance from a crazy from crazy for you is a similar character, and she sings that song "Naughty Baby." Yeah, um, and Rachel York also plays this same exact character basically in City of Angels, and she right. sings the song "Lost and Found." So she, you know, I really love that. I love that character yeah. type. Yeah. It's really fun, um, and she also gets this awesome showgirl number when she gets sent. The king sends her back to Chicago because he wants to get with Victor, and so. Um, she goes back and she's in some kind of show at some mob bar doing a showgirl show where she's got like a cute little like sparkly pinstripe shorts and a jacket outfit. And then they've all got these like fake Tommy guns and her and these backup dancers do a song yeah, um, called Chicago, Illinois. That's got so many cute little Chicago puns in it. I love so it. It's cute. <laughs> It's really, really cute. And then she does the same vocal scoop at the end of her song. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) Uh, Ah, Pretty funny. That was hilarious. She was so great. She's so good. I love Rachel York. (laughs) Oh, my God. Those Marie Antoinette costumes. Oh, Oh, yeah. I love that number two. Louis says is the act two opener. It's a big Marie Antoinette number. There's a guillotine. There's a bunch of big, fancy French costumes. And there's a conga section. <laughs> Why? Oh, right. You know, as you do. <laughs> as you do in France. Marie Antoinette times. <clears throat> yeah, but that song is really great. I loved all of the physical comedy, too. Like the mm-hmm. the lady at the nightclub with the mop and how, like, she... Did you see her like falling down with that oh, mop bucket? Oh yeah, all the she time? was like a like falling out, like she was hunched over, mm-hmm. like barely able to stand mopping. There were a lot of funny bits like that. There yeah. was a bit with the bucket, the the rain dripping on the mm-hmm. couch. Yeah, that was really cute. And then <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, like that like that guy Labis was that his yeah, name? Yeah, like, how Labise. many times is he gonna climb up that window? Yeah, he oh fell yeah, off the window <laughs> hysterically. Like <laughs> part of the subplot is that. Randomly, the club owner is like after Victor to try and discover the secret because he knows that she's Victoria Grant. And uh, he's like chasing after her and climbing up a ladder outside their hotel room to try and take a picture. But he's falling off all the time and getting hit with stuff. And it's pretty funny. He's kind of like, oh, my God, you know, um, the wolf character in The Sword in the Stone 
yeah. where the wolf is trying to follow Arthur <laughs> and he just keeps missing him right. by like inches. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't even like know the wolf's story. But like, yeah, it's that same hilarious mm-hmm. trope where it's just like the guy getting injured again and again and again. Yeah. In the background, no lines. Like if you didn't pay attention, you wouldn't even see it. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, it's really silly. I love that style. It's fun. (laughs) And I I love the farcical nature of the adjoining hotel rooms where they're sneaking in and out of each other's rooms and slamming doors. Uh And that's always so much fun. Yeah. It made me think of like how my my favorite one of my favorite scenes in Some Like It Hot, the chase scene with all the doors slamming. Yeah. How maybe uh, Casey Nicola was like inspired by yeah this... Casey Nicola was in this production right in the chorus right so like if he just you know I'm sure was influenced by the mm-hmm. setup of these hotel rooms and oh, how hilarious sure. all of those bits were of getting you know sneaking around well and it's so interesting how those two shows are similar because they're both set in the 20s they're both kind of got they've both kind of got a mob story going mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. You think, I mean, Victor Victoria is based on a movie, based on a movie, but it had to have been influenced a little bit by Some Like It Hot, the film. Totally. Because it's got the drag storyline and the running from the mob and all of that. Yeah. And, and the then performers as like diegetically performing mm-hmm. as, you know, stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it being sort of like a means to an end. Mm hmm secret right situation <laughs> yeah. and we also just watched the movie connie and carla yeah which oh is sort God. of a female version of some like it hot <laughs> two women pretending to be drag queens much like victor victoria <laughs> right right oh my gosh it was so funny i don't think i'd ever seen that movie all the way through it was oh yeah so hilarious so funny and silly i love <laughs> love tony collette so much she's so good and nia vardalos they're just yeah, both so they're both amazing so and they're so funny. amazing together and they sing so great but um yeah i just think it's interesting how all three of these pieces victor victoria and some like it hot and connie and carla are all kind of the same sort of fable the same sort of like musical theater <laughs> fable storyline and i love how in connie and carla the mob guy that's chasing them or is he a mob guy yeah Yeah. the russian guy who keeps seeing mame he sees mame at like every community theater across the country (laughs) it's so good (laughs) and then he's singing it a lot he's singing along at the end he's like you coax the husk he's like doing the whole thing yeah it's so good good. he's got like like a thick russian accent or something like i'm gonna call you back i gotta sing along this is so good yeah it's so funny so silly yeah for all its faults maybe a few too many ballads um i really loved this show i think it's super funny and it was gayer than i remembered yeah, you know. It was really gay from the beginning. The very right first the song, he's like, we'll show you straight why Gay Paris is gay. Yeah. And then a bunch of gay ass chorus boys walk out with lashes on. And you're like, all right. Yeah. We're like, oh, hell yeah. I know. I couldn't believe that's a, that's how it started. I was like, all right. Let's mm-hmm. just. And you know, like, that's why I'm saying, like, maybe the reaction from you know, Tony and Tony's and stuff or reviewers or whatever, the ticket mm-hmm. sales or whatever the problems were, you know, they blew so much money on this production. And then if it opens like that, you know, in 95, yeah. when yeah. 
Ellen hasn't come out yet. We don't see Will and Grace on TV. We're not mm-hmm. seeing like celebrities. They're not talking about being gay. They're not mm-hmm. talking like we know that there are plenty of gay people out there. We all know somebody gay in our lives in 95. But well, if you were alive in 95, I'm sure <laughs> some of our listeners are they born after born 95. Then. Welcome, children, <laughs> to the pod. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like people knew gay people, but they weren't like out. And so yeah. I just wonder if this was like a homophobic reaction, you know. Yeah, but, it might have been partially for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I there were so many lines like that that I thought were really cool. Like it, when they say, um, I guess it's Toddy that says to the club in like one of the first scenes, he's like, thank you. You're very kind. In fact, you're every kind. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, that's I so cute. That. Like that kind of reminds me of that, like what we were saying about La Vie Boheme and Rent where it's so mm-hmm. inclusive. It's like to you and you and mm-hmm. you. It's like you're every kind, you know, like everyone's welcome at this club. Yeah, yeah. That's cute. And when he like says to the old lady, He's like, relax, I'm gay. And she's like, oh, that's the nicest thing I've heard all day. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, because he invites her upstairs and she's like, I don't think that's a good idea. I can't go home with some random man. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so funny. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah, because Victoria says that. Yeah, it's Victoria who says it. For some reason, I had conflated that with that old lady with the mop again. I don't oh, my know. God. Yeah, you love the mop lady. Love she her. was funny. Yeah. She was funny. Yeah, and then doesn't um, Victoria say, like, you're one kind of man and I'm another? Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> when, when the mobsters... Um, security guy what's his name again oh yeah um i wrote his, like, squash squash this is bodyguard <laughs> yeah <laughs> when, when when he's like if a guy like you can admit he's gay then so can i i don't know i just think like there's just so <laughs> many lines in the show that are yeah just, like, yeah because really... squash comes out yeah he catches he catches <laughs> king and victor in bed and still thinks victor's a man and so he's like wow <laughs> I'll t- I'm going to come out to you now because I'm gay. They're like, what? Yeah. And yeah, there's a, there's sort of a whole gay panic subplot because Norma goes back to Chicago and tells the mob that King's gay. And so they all go back and to Paris him. To, yeah. to, to confront him. And he him. like gives up his life and his company for Victoria? Like, are they staying in Paris? Right. But do, and she gives up her career? But right, also I, is like, I'm tired of doing this. <laughs> I mean, do they even know each other? No. And just... she says, at one point, she says, you're perfect for me. And I wrote down in my notes, dude's in the mob. Right. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, what do you know about this king? This guy's a homophobe. He's got a dumb blonde girlfriend that obviously doesn't care his, about it, her. Yeah. His mob buddies are after him. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a terrible situation. Bad, bad doing better with Toddy. Just stick Seriously. to what you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. The romance of that rewrite. We're in the rewrite. In the celebrity King. rewrite, King, King is not involved anymore. the The girlfriend is the is the is the new ending. Totally. Can we get Amber <laughs> Ruffin to do like a sure yeah a rewrite of the book for the revival of this? Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see happen. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's so great. It was fun. How mm-hmm. gay? Or no, every time. Every time. <laughs> How gay is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the queer series. I know. 
It's I not know. the gay series. It's not the gay series. It's the queer series. It's the queer series. How, How queer, queer is it? it? <laughs> In the queer series, we like to rate these shows based on how queer we think they are. And the scale for this rating is queer as fuck. That's the most, most, the most queer you can get on it. And then hella gay is step down from that. Mm-hmm. The medium is love is love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we've got fruity. Fruity. <laughs> <laughs> and then the lowest of the queer meter is Pete. Pete. We love you, Pete. We love you, Pete. You're still queer. That's why you're on the scale. Yeah. You're making the grade there, buddy. We just, you know, (laughs) we got to make sure people know that you're queer. You're gay. So how queer is it, Kristen? How how queer is it, Victor Victoria? Um, you know, I said hella gay. Me too. Hella gay. Hella gay. I said it was hella gay from the start. When yeah. he said, we'll tell you straight why gay Puri is gay, I said, well, this show's going to be hella gay. Seriously. that That's, yeah, I like underline that <laughs> in my notes. Um, and there's just so many lines that are very open about mm-hmm. how gay all these people are, mm-hmm. you know? If they didn't shy away from it, they weren't using like euphemisms or double entendres or stuff Mm -hmm, like that mm -hmm. you know it was just it was definitely obvious what was going on and you know for the time that was huge yeah definitely i think today it would be kind of maybe a little corny or a little normie or something Mm -hmm. but yeah for mid 90s it's hella gay yeah super gay and really just like for it to be Julie Andrews too right. is so cool because it's right. just like, wow, you know, she's such a symbol of like <clears throat> purity or mm-hmm. like um, perfection, you know, she's mm-hmm. practically she's Mar- perfect she's in every Poppins. way. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's so cool yeah. to see someone like that portraying this character who is like so comfortable with queer people in her life that she's pretending to be one (laughs) right and um feeling very comfortable in that and feeling kind of empowered in that um feeling like how how can she feel more agency um as a gay man in the 20s in france you know it's Mm -hmm. kind of it's kind of amazing um yeah Yeah. i really i really loved it (laughs) yeah i love that that song I think you need to sing a little bit of that, of her I want song. What is it? The- if I were a man, <laughs> I could do so many things a woman never can. Be free to plot and plan. Something, something, some without permission from a man. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> We yeah. need your permission. <laughs> As a man, I wouldn't need to feel like an also ran. Like a what? An also ran. I never know what that means. It's in a lot of songs, though. A, an also ran? Also, also ran. Also ran. What is that? It's in like a Gershwin song also, I want to say. Hmm. And 
I don't know what it means. <laughs> I gotta look that up when we're done. Is that really the lyric? I don't know. Is it one of those things where you've been <laughs> thinking you're saying also ran all these years and you're like, And oh. also ran. <laughs> Is that really the lyric though? Oh, there's something I would plan. If I were a man, is that what it's called? If I were a man. <laughs> My Julie Andrews is not good. I'm it's so sorry, everyone. Good, though. <laughs> I can't stop it's way doing better than it. I could do. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Lucky man who is not made to feel like an old Okay, it says, um, it's another word for loser. A loser wow. in a race or other contest, especially by a large margin. Oh, like they also like ran. they also <laughs> ran. <laughs> I'm going to bring that back. Let's bring that back. That's, that's quite a clever oh, little Oh, we got to bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> and also ran. It's it's going to be like, Ooh. oh, Nikki Haley. <laughs> she also she, she ran. Also She's ran. an also ran. She's an also ran. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. wow yeah, wow, so wow. hella gay. Victor Victoria. Mm-hmm. Way hella to go. Gay, Victor Victoria. Julie way Andrews. To way go. to go. And your husband who just poured his heart and soul into this project. Mm-hmm. Apparently, like, Robert Preston turned down the show because he was, like, rumored to say that it was just Blake's like ego trip or something. That sounds like jealousy from people who can't afford to foot the bill for their own Broadway musical. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. Sorry, Robert Preston. If I if if you were married to a a move a filmmaker who's a millionaire and they wanted to produce your Broadway musical, who would who would say no to that? Are people mad about nepotism? Give me a break. Yeah. Give it's, me it's like, a break. It's right there. It's obvious. It's not like, oh, <laughs> we held auditions for this. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're just like, we want to make this musical with Julie Andrews again. Also, so cool that she played the same role 13 years after the movie uh, was was made yeah you know? the and movie's I, from 82 she's playing the same character in 95 that's toured amazing. with the show yeah. yeah we tried to get julie andrews to be our guest we really we did and we love broadway podcast network and all their help with lining up our celebrity guests but sadly we couldn't get dame julie andrews for the pod no it's all right think, i don't think she really does podcasts very much probably not She's probably, probably just not. sitting and enjoying the, the later years of her life. Living her life, hanging out with maybe, Carol. Yeah, maybe just Carol Burnett's over and they're like and playing cards grandkids. and yeah. having a quiche or something. Having a quiche. <laughs> <laughs> they're <laughs> definitely having quiche. They're having quiche and, and, tea. and playing cards maybe. Yeah, yeah. they're going to have some tea. Tea for sure. Maybe they'll listen to the pod, you know? Who oh, knows? please listen to the pod. You're listening. That'd be so great. We love you so much and we love Victor Victoria. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, this was this was our fourth episode of the queer series. That's right. Up next is Fun Home. Ooh, so excited for that one. We're really gonna get digging into some interesting stuff with that one. Yeah, tune in to listen to how queer is it and how fun is it. <laughs> <laughs> 
just how fun is that home? <laughs> Maybe you'll hear us talk about our dream to write our own musical called Fun Home 2, Funner Home, Nobody Dies. I'll tell you a little bit about that. Yeah, more on that next time. But until then, Sarah, good show. Good show. Good show, listeners. For the Queer Series, we're highlighting the work of a very special nonprofit organization, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. Since its founding in 1988, BCEFA has raised over $300 million for critically needed services for people with AIDS, HIV, and other illnesses. You may have seen the actors passing the donation buckets at the end of a national tour production or at a Broadway show. Right, and Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS produces several big events like the Broadway Flea, Broadway Bears, and Broadway Barks with my girl Bernie P, just to name a few. The money they raise goes towards funding grants to over 450 AIDS and family service organizations across all 50 states, Puerto Rico, and Washington, D.C. To learn more about how you can support Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS by volunteering, making a donation, or attending one of their upcoming events, please visit broadwaycares.org. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Queer Series. Thanks for following, liking, and leaving a review on your streaming app. Good Show is a part of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Good Show Podcast. That's where we post the archival photos and cool stuff we find in the research collection at the Performing Arts Library. It's also where we post info about our upcoming live shows and so much more. Thanks, everybody. Hey, Kristen. Good show. Hey, Sarah. Good show. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.